Welcome to KMUN's Pacific County Candidates Hour. This evening, we'll hear from candidates for Pacific County Public Utility District Number 2, first from incumbent Mike Swanson and then from challenger Pam Hickey. Following them, we'll hear from candidates for the Board of Pacific County Commissioners for District 1, incumbent Lisa Olson and her challenger Dale Mudry, then District 2, incumbent Frank Wolf and his challenger Dan Driscoll. We'll start the hour with incumbent PUD Commissioner Mike Swanson. You're running for your third six-year term on the commission, and that's quite a commitment. For those that don't know you, tell a little bit about yourself and why you're running. Okay, well, I guess 12 years ago, I was told there was going to be an opening on the PUD Commissioner's Board, so I thought, well, I just sold the Rossbrook store after 27 years, and I thought, well, maybe I could do something else to help the community, uh, Pacific County residents. So with my business background, I felt felt I could be of assistance on the PUD board. And it's, uh, I was fortunate enough to be elected back in 2008 and started my term of 2009 for six years and was re-elected in 2014 and started again on my second term on 2000, in 2015. So there's been a lot to learn, and I feel my 12 years of experience is a benefit to me continuing on. I feel good. I enjoy the job. The tax owner rate payers of the PUD seem to appreciate my looking out for their best interests. Here I am. Could you uh, explain for listeners what is the commissioner's role in the hierarchy of the PUD? Well, we are, we serve as a board in charge of the manager and the, the auditor, and we oversee the policies of the PUD, set policy, and we set rates, and we hire and fire a manager. And we were able to hire a good manager about three years ago who had been with the PUD for a long time. And I felt at first that we should go outside of our PUD to see if he was the best candidate, but we the other two commissioners felt that we needed to hire him with his 25 years of experience as chief engineer, Jason Dunsmore. And I went along and felt that that would be a good fit since we we are a unique, uh, small, rural, uh, long, long distance between customers in some areas. So anyway, we hired a good manager and he's been doing a wonderful job. With no power generation in the area, the PUD buys all its power from Bonneville Power Administration. As a commissioner, what is your role in that relationship? Well, we don't get involved in the day-to-day management, but we do have a power uh, engineer, chief of power engineer, that figures out how much power our utility is going to need on a month-to-month week by week, day by day, hour by hour. And uh, she does purchases the power that, well, we get a certain amount of power from 
Bonneville. And then if we don't need all of that, we sell it on the open market. And then if we need more, she has to purchase additional power on the open market. But this is all ahead of the time. So it's a, it's a lot of knowledge about our past usages and weather coming up. She's very good at it. So, but we don't actually get involved with the negotiations of Bonneville other than our, we're a member of a public power council that does uh, encourage Bonneville to watch out for the rate payers and set their rates and their expenses to better benefit their customers. Well, as part of that organization, uh, what kind of leverage, if any, does the PUD have with the BPA on negotiating the price of power? Well, there's there's a number of PUDs involved, so that leverage is basically the power in numbers, including Seattle City Light, Tacoma Public Power, um, Snohomish, all of the and the large large PUDs that buy most of their power. So we're we're just a small part of that, of course, but we do get the benefit of the expertise and the you know the power in numbers. Recent real estate sales would indicate that more sales have been happening. The market is hot. Population tends to be increasing. What role does the PUD have in serving that increasing population? What does expansion of infrastructure, what might that look like? Well, we're, we're not planning a large influx of load because a lot of the people are buying existing homes and just hooking up to the power that's already there. But if they do extend their power, we our policy is to make them do underground to any service extension. So we're 70% underground now as a utility. Uh, but if we do, we do have a little bit room left in our what they call the high water mark in the amount of power we can buy from Bonneville, and then after that point we go into the market, which at this point we don't go often other than maybe cold, cold winters or hot and dry summers when there's very little water flow. We have not looked into purchasing any other generation. Like at one time there was a move to try to get a wind farm on top of Radar Ridge, which I was against, but and it did fail. We don't feel we need to go into finding our own generation. There's plenty of service out there, plenty of market electricity out there at pretty reasonable costs right now. Well, PUDs in Washington can also be involved in telecommunications, particularly Internet service. How has Pacific County PUD evolved to expand Internet service in the county? Well, we've been putting in uh, fiber to our facilities for some time. We are able to do wholesale uh, uh, fiber or wholesale internet sale, but not retail to the home. We can do it to government entities such as the schools and the post offices and things like that, but we can't, and the county buildings, but we can't do it to individual homes. But the organization we belong to, NOAAnet, they have been involved with putting uh, backbone fiber 
and then we own a part of that and are able to lease that out to um, service providers for individual homes. But of course, it's not everywhere. It's mainly in the more populated areas, but it's getting getting more and more all the time. Uh, being mindful of time, um, how has the PUD and your role as a commissioner changed in the last 12 years? When I first got on, I was very unaware of most all of the things that we've just spoke about. I, was, I wasn't an expert at anything other than managing existing businesses that I had owned and operated. Now I've garnered a lot of information and that on a lot of different boards, starting at the Washington PUD Association and the Energy Northwest and the PPC, all of the Public Power Council and Northwest Public Power Association. Anyway, there's a lot of places where you can gain information by with extra courses and just uh, visiting with other uh, commissioners. So there's a steep learning curve, and I feel like I have uh, been helpful in uh, understanding what our PUD needs and requirements are, and I think that has changed from when I first got on board. There was a lot of listening back then and learning, and now it's a lot, still more learning, but more able to provide input. Well, Commissioner Mike Swanson, thank you very much for talking with us today. Thank you, Kathleen. It's always a pleasure. That was incumbent Pacific County PUD Commissioner Mike Swanson. We now move on to his challenger, Pam Hickey. First of all, for those who don't know you, can you tell a little bit about yourself and why you're running? Okay, my name is Pam Hickey, and I'm running for PUD Commissioner Number 2, and PUD stands for Public Utility District. And in this county, it was started in 1940. It was the second PUD in the state of Washington. It covers electricity, water, and wholesale telecommunications. Um, I'm running for this position because I decided sometime last year that it was time for me to go back into doing some type of public service. So I looked around and tried to see what would work for me and where would I fit in. And I realized that an opening was coming up for, um, or rather a race was coming up, for PUD Commissioner number one. So after a lot of thought, um, I decided to run. My background is, um, first of all, I've lived on the peninsula for over 21 years. My husband and I moved here from San Francisco Bay Area, where for 25 years I worked in Fortune 500 companies, Levi Strauss and Company, and Williams Sonoma. I was a merchandise manager, product manager, marketing manager, information system technology manager. The biggest budget I ever handled was $250,000 a year. Um, after we moved here, I decided that it was time for me to start doing something for communities, the community I lived in. So I formed a small company to work strictly with nonprofits. The One of the nonprofits I worked with was a local water district. I worked for them for 10 years. I set up their computer systems for them. I did their accounts receivable, payable, billing of customers. I did the rate setting. I did customer service. I did the state report, the yearly financial report, to the state of Washington. 
I got two loans for them and a grant. I learned all of the laws in Washington State as they pertain to utilities. When I started with this water district, they had $50,000 in the bank. When I left, they had $500,000 in the bank. I passed every audit from the state every year without any problem. When I was deciding to run for this, I looked at my skill sets versus, versus what was needed in this job. In terms of wholesale telecom, that's really broadband. And my experience in information technology led me to get a lot of a good solid base in the broadband world. So that's not a problem for me. In terms of water districts, my 10 years of working with the water district covered that. In terms of electricity, I knew nothing. So I went out and read a number of books, read them, and called friends of mine who work in this industry across the United States, some of whom run, tele uh, run electric companies, and talked to them about what was facing the industry, what the issues were, the good and bad things about it. Then I decided I would start to attend meetings. So I started to attend all of the PED meetings starting in March of this year. Besides attending every meeting, I read their code book, which is all of their rules. I read that four times. So I'm very clear on what's going on with this PED. For my platform, um, I have four things on my platform. The first is transparency. And what I mean by transparency is this PUD does not pay their bills or discuss their budget in public. They only do that outside of public meetings. They are the only public entity in the county that does that. Everybody else pays their bills and discusses the budget in public. And since this utility is owned by the public, I feel this is something that needs to be addressed during public meetings. In addition to that, in reading the code book, I found out that there is a provision that says if you are a commissioner for 18 years, that is three terms, then when you retire, you are eligible for insurance. That insurance means medical, dental, vision, and life insurance for yourself and your spouse and any dependents for life. No other County commissioner gets this. The um, county commissioners don't get this. The school board commissioners don't get this. I really feel that this is something that the ratepayers should not be paying for. Um, this was this benefit was voted in by the person that I'm running against, and he will be eligible for it should, in fact, he win his third term. My second thing on my platform is high-speed broadband to everyone in the county. PUD is working on this now. Of course, it's become a big issue with COVID-19 and all of the kids um, being on online for school and for medical visits. So that's something I'm very familiar with. And the PUD, along with a number of other groups, have formed a committee, and they're looking into all of the possible ways to increase this. The committee includes ports. It includes one of the county commissioners. So I know that that's something that they're working on now, but I know my knowledge would be very valuable in doing this. The next thing is fiscal responsibility. Um, currently, this PUD is in debt 
until 2024. That is something they have confirmed. Um, and I feel that I could really help in that area. And also, I have never worked or been in any group that has been in debt. So that is something I clearly can avoid. And the last part is um, rate affordability. My opponent will tell you that the rates are very affordable, and that is true compared to every other county in, in the state of Washington. However, that does not mean that rates are affordable. In this county, 32.2% um, of the people are on Social Security. The poverty rate is 19.4%. And the local paper, paper just published um, statistics on how many people are employed, unemployed, sorry, and that's 10%. Yet this PUD is going to raise rates in April of next year, 9.5%. I feel rate affordability is a huge issue in this county, and that's something I would really want to work on. Also, um, should I be elected, I have committed to giving 10% of my base salary to a nonprofit to help people pay their PUD bill. Regarding public transparency, the PUD website currently features remote access for public to attend online commissioners' meetings. Would you continue this kind of access in a post-COVID world? Okay. Yes, the PUD says online that they allow public access, however, to their meetings. However, the public access is only through a phone call. And I've been calling in through a phone call because of the limitations in the state of Washington that the number of people that you can have in the room at the same time. So I can tell you many issues with the telephone calling in. Um, they have not at this point allowed anyone to call in over video, something like Zoom or anything else, although they have the capability to do that. And absolutely, if I was elected commissioner, anybody would be allowed to attend over video at any time, whether it's Zoom or the current, um, they currently use a PUD, a product called Citrix, over Citrix or Zoom. I think that that's the only way to get people involved. And I think in winter when there's nothing else to do, you should always be able to video conference into any public entity and see what's going on. Well, Pam Hickey, thank you very much with, for talking with us today. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you, and it was a pleasure, and I appreciate the opportunity. That was PUD Commissioner candidate Pam Hickey. Now we turn to the Board of Pacific County Commissioners. Lisa Olson is running as a Republican for a second term on the board. Now we hear from Commissioner Olson. Tell us about yourself and why you're seeking another term. I really, really enjoy my job. I like to be able to get out there and try and, and make a difference in some things. Since I've been in office, I've been working on a lot of natural resources issues. I've been working on the fishery, the way the, um, the state handles the salmon fishery. I've been working with the timber industry on the sustainable harvest and the marble garlette. I've been working on a, a septage issue in our county that I'd really like to see to its fruition. And I just, on a day-to-day -day basis, I enjoy my job. I enjoy hearing from the public. So I guess that's it. And do you feel you've been able to make some headway on your top issues? 
um, they just opened up the Wolpa Bay salmon policy. Um, it was supposed to not end until 2023. And through some testimony from varying various residents and fishermen and myself, um, I think that we've had some effect in getting that opened up so that we can maybe um, make it a little more productive for the for the runs and for both sides of fishery. Uh, the the sport and the commercial fishery are hugely important to the economy of Pacific County. Uh, I don't think one any more than the other um, because they have such different ways that they're important and they are both important. And I think um, we can make the the fish runs in the Willapa um, productive for the people to access and for the economy of the county. With the fiscal uncertainty due to the pandemic, will there be changes in the upcoming county budget? We've been having budget meetings for several weeks now, because mostly because of the pandemic. It we we usually start we send out the budget calls typically in June, and then we start on the budgets in September. But um, you know, once we get them back from the different offices, but we have been having budget talks for quite some time now because of the uncertainty. We had a huge drop in revenue in March and April and a little bit of May, uh, which we're trying to cover for. Luckily, the county was honestly in a fairly good financial position. We had had a really bad 2017 with some unexpected loss of timber revenue for that year. And we had managed through some through some different decisions and some unexpected really good revenue sources, we were we were making our way back out. Had had this pandemic happened in 2017, it would have been pretty catastrophic as to the impact of the services. We would have most likely been in some pretty significant layoffs, um, but we were able to make it through. The revenues have begun to bounce back pretty healthily. So we're really hoping for good things, but no one has a crystal ball and we don't know what's coming. Um, if we end up in another shutdown, it's going to be a whole nother story. But but I think actually the county is doing fairly well. And if we don't have another big setback, I think we'll be okay. With tourism a major economic driver in Pacific County, particularly on the peninsula, what should the county's role be in supporting or regulating tourist-oriented businesses such as restaurants and vacation rentals? Well, we've really been trying to be supportive while um, um, our health department has put out uh, guidelines, you know, the, the, from the state and, you know, and from our health officer. Um, We've, we've been as supportive as we possibly can be. We opened um, the peninsula back up. Uh, We did close our beach approaches in March because it was, it was a little scary and we were, seeing record numbers of people flocking to the coasts um, in March when things were supposed to be, and, you know, ramping up pretty significantly with the virus. And, um, and, and it wasn't just us, it was from Westport and Ocean Shores all the way down the Oregon coast. Um, Everybody was on the coast was in a bit of a panic mode. Um, And so um, we opened up as soon as we felt that it was, that it was viable to do so. Um, and and you know we've had some record numbers of people at the in the tourism at the peninsula uh, all summer long, but I, I think we're doing I think we're doing okay. I think we're striking a balance. Um, we've asked the you know uh, 
I would like the restaurants to be open as much as they can be and the other businesses and to use the level of protection that they think they should be using within the guidelines. Um, they There's a, a lot of businesses in our county that make the years, the bulk of the year's income that they're going to get in about five months. And um, we're being as supportive as we can to them. As a body, do you feel that the commission is working effectively? And how would you change or improve the way commissioners work together? Um, I, you know, I think we do. Um, we, the three of us, have um, some different opinions. And I think that's really healthy. Um, you know, we, we don't always agree on everything, but we, we all tend to try and come to the best, the, uh, the best conclusion for the public, which is who we're there, who we're there to serve as the taxpayers. I think that, um, with the, uh, I keep hoping that with, with COVID comes some, some good things and the, um, use of zoom and the internet. I really think that that's going to be a good thing in, in making sure people can act it's a lot easier to access our meetings we get a few more people jumping on now than we ever did in person and um and i think it's always good when people can come and listen to a meeting in person or through the internet because then there's no question about what they've heard um there's no rumors and and i'm we intend to continue to um to do all our meetings to have a zoom component in those so that people can get on and it's, it's advertised on our website when the meetings are and, and there's a zoom link and, and I think we're going to continue to do that. I think it's good for the public and for us. (laughs) That's good to hear. And is there anything else you would like to add that we haven't covered? Um, I just, I'm, I've got some things I'm really excited about um, finishing. And one of them is a situation that is, becoming from what I understand kind of a Western Washington issue when you live outside of a city boundary and have septic systems there, you know, I mean, you just, you call somebody, they come pump it, they take it away. Well, um, in Pacific County about a year and a half ago, we lost our um, receptacle for immediately for commercial septage and we're kind of put on a restriction for residential and so the main person on the pencil that's doing that has been having to drive two hours um, one way just to deposit this stuff so we're working on a solution in county to be able to have a site in county so that there won't be an issue on where where your septage goes and gets treated and um, you know it sounds like kind of a you know, oh, well, it's something will come up, but it's, it's an issue and we're trying to resolve it so that it's not an issue for Pacific County anyway, and that we might be a help to others if we can get the, the facility upgraded the way we'd like to. So I'd really like to see that project through and I'd like to stay involved in the, in the natural resources because that's, that's who we are in Pacific County. It's what built us and it's what keeps us going strong and keeps us kind of, kind of who we are. And, um, and I don't, I, I don't want to see that go away. I, you know, we need to be there to support those jobs. Well, Commissioner Olson, thank you very much for talking with KMUN today. You bet. Thank you. That was incumbent District 1 Pacific County Commissioner Lisa Olson. Now we'll hear from her challenger running as a Democrat, Daryl Mudry. Tell us about yourself and why you're running for a seat on the Pacific County Commission. 
Well, I'm originally from rural King County. I grew up in the, the Snoqualmie Valley near Carnation, Washington. Um, and when I was five, my parents uh, built a vacation house here in Grayland, just north of Pacific County. Uh, so that's how I became familiar with the area and, and Pacific County. Um, and back in the 80s, uh, getting into my careers, uh, I obtained a 200-ton all-ocean merchant marine license from the Coast Guard, and I charter fished for many years off the Washington coast. Um, and then in 1990, the fishing quotas were dwindling. Uh, they got smaller and smaller at that time. I was looking for another option, uh, which brought me to Coast Seafoods here in South Bend. That's the big oyster processing plant here in town. But yeah, I, I spent the first eight years at Coast as the quality control manager and the last 17 years as the plant manager. And I'm certain I'd still be managing Coast today if it weren't for new ownership of a different vision. Uh, but, you know, the timing wasn't the worst, uh, really. Uh, you know, it was a bad time in my life. I spent a lot of time and effort that, you know, spent a lot of time with the company there. But uh, uh, soon after, I spent time helping my dad through an illness, which he ultimately passed from. Uh, and I was helping out with the estate and actually practice retirement. But, uh, I decided, uh, you know, later that I'm much too young for that and I was looking for a new opportunity. And I, I took a maintenance position at the courthouse here in South Bend, which is what I'm doing today. It's actually uh, right across the street. So I walked down the driveway and I'm at work. <laughs> but uh, I'm running for county commissioner uh, because I believe we need positive change. Um, I'm an independent thinker who won't be persuaded by the loudest voice, uh, based a decision solely on my own opinion. And I'll never employ the buddy system. Um, I understand uh, the importance of clear, consistent communication and pursuing the facts uh, for whatever decision is being made. I never play favorites and realize that in order to make the best decision in a group, excellent negotiation, negotiating skills are critical as well. Um, this is not happening now. And as an example, two of our current commissioners, my incumbent included, have never voted differently in two years, rendering the third commissioner's vote often useless and his input ineffective. How would your business experience and uh, your experience at the courthouse actually translate to serving your constituents as a commissioner? Well, I learned over the years that being a great manager is not just telling people what to do, but rather being a support system for those that work for you. Um, and the job of commissioner is to support our citizens and county staff. So I, I really see little difference in the responsibility. Uh, you know, in order to succeed for the in profit business, uh, you know, you got to work hard and always be open to new ideas, fostering employees' ideas and initiatives. And as commissioner, I'll work equally hard for the people and staff of this county and always listen to their ideas and initiatives as well. Um, as far as working in the courthouse, you know, I, I guess that's kind of giving me a head start. You know, I, I've always known what the county does, but not uh, procedurally so much. So, you know, I, I've, you know, doing maintenance there, I've had access to, you know, uh, elected officials and county staff. So it's given me a good opportunity to, you know, talk with some of them uh, during breaks and that to uh, get their ideas and takes on, you know, how they, they uh, see the county working and, and maybe, you know, some efficiencies that we can work on, too. So it's, it's been nice to uh, have that time there. With fiscal uncertainty a given because of the pandemic, how does your experience come into play with the challenge of managing the county budget? Well, I've helped build and operate under budgets 
from cash-strapped years to multi-million-dollar profits. Um, you know, the key to meeting or exceeding budgeted goals is to be very familiar with every aspect of the budget, uh, routinely monitor results, and react quickly when change is necessary. Uh, you know, proactive me- measures are necessary for, for example, when material prices change, uh, you know, fuel or energy costs escalate, or wages and benefits are altered. Uh, so I've been through all these scenarios, and I'll put in as much time as necessary to become comfortable with the county budget. Um, I know it's only 580 pages long, so it shouldn't take more than a couple hours. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I also believe my uh, for-profit budget experience will be beneficial to the county as I'm experiencing using budget data to help determine efficiency and, uh, efficiencies and deficiencies. So, you know, that can help maximize our tax value as well. Swerving from tax value, with tourism a major economic driver in Pacific County, particularly on the peninsula, what should the county's role be in supporting and regulating the tourist businesses, such as restaurants and vacation rentals? All right. Well, that, you know, that's actually a tricky one, um, only because you'll always have two sides on, on tourism and the economic returns that come with it. Uh, you know, on one hand, you'll We'll have businesses and realtors who will, of course, uh, be all in on as much rental capacity as possible. And then on the other hand, you'll have many full-time residents who don't like the idea of strangers being next door constantly and the noise and traffic that go with it. The county's role, I guess the best way I could put it, is really that of as a referee. Um, you know, there there's existing permits for some R1 zone properties on the peninsula. Uh, and the county will continue to permit our two zone properties. Um, you know, the permitting is done annually, and it's only renewed if if that property does not receive numerous complaints. So, I, you know, that helps with you know the private residence concerns. Um, and the Pacific County also uh, now employs a watchdog group uh, to search for illegal rental rental properties, actually, um, which we know exists. Uh, I think the numbers that I'd heard uh, in talking to people that would know a lot more than I do, um, but uh, I think we have 92 permitted R1 properties, and I think there's somewhere upwards of about 300 actual properties that are renting right now in R1 zone properties. <laughs> so that watchdog group will, you know, help, you know, weed out uh, people that are, you know, trying to forego the, the permitting process. So. Um, as far as promoting the tourism, you know, the county does employ a, a 2% lodging tax, and Long Beach actually has a 3% lodging tax. Uh, that money is allocated to businesses that help support tourism and also help pay for advertising. So uh, there's a lodging tax board appointed by the commissioners who distribute these funds, and uh, those uh, funds that are distributed are ultimately approved by the commissioners themselves. So I think the, you know, an important thing there is to have a reserve in this fund, which I know there's some right now, but uh, I'd say at least equal to the annual revenue lodging tax, which is about 250000 per year. And that would be for unforeseen downturns in lodging, such as, you know, we've experienced here with COVID this year. Circling back, you mentioned as far as the way the commission works at this time, that sometimes voting can be uneven. How would uh, how would you improve the way commissioners work together? Yeah, well, 
Yeah, I actually think the commission is set up to work effectively. I mean, it's really hard to say since I've, you know, I'm obviously have not been a commissioner. Uh, but, uh, you know, I do think it's set up to work effectively. I just don't think it's currently governed to do so. You know, as I mentioned before, two of our commissioners have essentially rendered the third ineffective by employing, you know, they employ the buddy system and consistently make motions and vote the same. Um, and this eliminates, you know, constructive debate as and a well-thought-out consensus that I feel is imperative making the best decision. So as your commissioner, I will always be an independent thinker utilize all available resources and definitely value others ideas including county staff and our citizens to you know aid in the best decisions possible well mr mudry thank you very much for talking with kmun today you bet thank you very much that was pacific county commission candidate for district one daryl mudry you're listening to a pacific county candidates hour on kmun now we continue with pacific county commission district two beginning with incumbent democrat frank wolf good evening commissioner wolf can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and why you're running for a third term on the county commission uh i'm a fugitive from california i grew up in the san francisco bay area Uh, i went to oregon state got a degree in general science slant geology, went back to Silicon Valley, spent the 70s there, worked for three small electronics companies, uh, literally for uh, three years and and a little bit more before I was able to get a two-week vacation. I ended up here for my two-week vacation on the peninsula, and I really never went back. (laughs) So anyway... Um, long story short, I've been here since 1980 and, uh, feel like a, almost a native. My wife is a native, so I get a little cachet from that. Um, and I really like this place, this place, when you get to know how the local county government works is run on a shoestring. Um, most people are used to getting the kinds of services that they get in a city. Cities have a tax overlay that supports services over and above the county. And most of Pacific County is just county. It's not in a city. So you end up having to do a lot of things kind of on your own, or the county has to do them on a pittance in order to kind of make the dollars stretch. So it's a little bit of a a problem in that regard. But um, I came on in 2012, my first term, which was a time when the county was still getting its way out of the 2008 Great Recession. And we, as I say, don't have a lot of extra money, so the county was working very hard. And I joined the the two other people on the panel, on the board, were very hardworking, very smart people who uh, we got together and managed to make ends meet, and I think we did a pretty good job. Uh, neither of them are still on the board. I am the last remainder of those. Uh, but even so, uh, COVID is doing the same thing to us here. We're spending money like a drunken sailor, you could say. Um, having spent 20 years in the Merch Marine, I know something about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, so, uh, we need this, fisc- we, we need fiscally responsible people who have a head on their shoulders and a little bit of uh, of uh, um, time under their belt working on very tight budgets. Uh, right now, the other two people on the board 
Uh, one has is is up for her her uh, re-election term. She's been there four years. The other one's been there two years. Uh, they haven't quite learned that lesson yet. They're still they still don't think five thousand dollars is a lot of money. So um, I'm hoping that uh, that we can that I can stay on and, and keep the, the board at least have have a voice in the wilderness out there saying, you know, if you do this, you're not going to be able to do that. Uh, I, I know that they're probably, I'm not their favorite person, let's put it that way. With tourism a major economic driver in the county, particularly on the peninsula, what should the county's role be in supporting and regulating tourist-oriented businesses like restaurants and vacation rentals? And that's a two-pronged issue because it's it's under normal times and it's under COVID times. And under COVID times, it's not the county that's doing the regulating, it's the state. So I'm going to kind of gloss over that. Yes, we had to close down the hotels for a while and the restaurants were slowly opening them back up. But that's really all state guidelines and state regulations that the county's having to, to come down and enforce, not necessarily with a great amount of vigor. Aside from that... Uh, the county does. The county is sensitive to the fact that we have a local economy that is not entirely driven by tourism, but it's largely driven by tourism. That's there's an awful lot of people who who need to be able to make their living in the summertime, basically when the tourists are here. Um, and this year was tough for a lot of people. Fortunately, the state recognizes it and they've stepped up with some money, state and feds actually. Um, it's still not the same. And I'm sure there will be some businesses that won't reopen. However, again, that that was the state and the feds doing that. That wasn't us. We were stuck in the middle. We have uh, a number of programs uh, that we use to try to enhance tourism, at least get the uh, get the, the the idea that we're here and who we are and what we offer out uh, both statewide and nationally, and to a certain extent, even internationally. The, the market is going international these days. As a body, do you feel the commission works effectively? And what would you change or improve in the way commissioners work together? I think it's an effective form of government. I think it depends on having people with not only a good good background and broad education uh, concerning the issues, and uh, but also have, having some experience, uh, lived experience in a number of uh, areas that, that impinge on the way the county works. Uh, a lot of people have no clue what county government does. Those are not the people we want on the board. Let's put it that way. Since the onset of the pandemic, public access to online commission meetings has improved. And would you be in favor of making online participation in these meetings permanent? Absolutely. Up until the um, governor's order to, you know, send us all scurrying into our uh, homes, um, the Open Open Public Meetings Act, which is a state uh, uh, law under which all county government operations have to work, including all of our meetings. All of our meetings have to have to meet the Open Public Meetings Act, and it specifies that if the commissioners are going to meet in a meeting, that it has to be open to the public. The public has to be able to come and witness the meeting. 
that becomes impossible in a COVID situation because you can't get six foot distancing. If you did that in our meeting room, you could have maybe three or four people in there besides the commissioners. Uh, so it's un impractical. So uh, early on, the idea was put to the state and the state adopted it that we could use Zoom or a GoToMeeting or one of these other uh, video presentations and basically allow people to attend our meetings virtually. That seems to have worked very well, and I'm I'm really hoping that it continues after the the COVID pandemic uh, special uh, authorizations go away. I'm hoping we can talk the legislature into adopting that as a permanent solution. It makes it very much more convenient for everyone, um, and it, it literally. Uh, you know, we have had situations where our meeting room was packed. It takes about 50 people to pack our room. And literally, at that point, you have people standing around the outside and, and in the back, and every seat is full. And that's not really the way to hold a meeting. Uh, I think people are, are savvy enough now that uh, uh, the online thing is, is certainly uh, acceptable to most people. So I'm, I'm going to be one of the people advocating for that, I'll tell you. Just one more. Is there anything that you would like to add that we haven't covered? People don't tend to take county government very seriously, um, but most of the services people are used to getting come to them through the county government in one form or another. So uh, I would just say uh, pick very, very carefully who you want to have on that board. And at the local level, uh, I, I don't think the political flavor or color of the candidate is necessarily that important. Uh, most of the local issues don't rise to that level. Pick the best person that you want to have spending your tax money, because that's what we do. We reach into your pockets, we take money out of your out of your pockets to to run the county, and we spend it. Um, if you want someone who spends it wisely uh, at the helm doing that, uh, rather than you know someone who uh, has has a quick line and, and and a nod and a wink. I think I've done a pretty good job for uh, for eight years, and I'd, I'd like to have a chance to do four more. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Wolf, for speaking with us today. Thank you. That was incumbent District 2 Pacific County Commissioner Frank Wolf. The last interview tonight is with his challenger for the seat, running as a libertarian, Dan Driscoll. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're running for a seat on the county commission? Pacific County's been part of my life, my entire life. I've lived here in the house I'm living in since uh, February 1991 and running Oysterville Sea Farm since uh, that time. And of course, working in the business long before that. I'm, um, I've been involved in other community activities like the Ocean Park Area Chamber of Commerce, uh, the Water Music Festival, and the uh, Peninsula Players. Uh, running primarily because I want people in our district and people in all rural districts and all people in Pacific County to have representation, to have a commissioner who will listen to them, who will follow due process or make sure due process is followed while determining what, if it's a county jurisdiction, people have issues and making sure that all decisions are made through a genuine public uh, process. And if I thought that my opponent had done a good job in his last eight years and not committed malfeasance, that um, 
has harmed the community and the county, uh, I wouldn't be running for office. Looking at your own business experience, how does that translate to serving your constituents as a commissioner? I think I, in, in general, I understand the, um, the importance of knowing and complying with uh, county regulations. You know, uh, you know, I have a business where the county is the regulatory authority. I also have done buildings where you know, I'm familiar with the, the permit process, zoning. And what I would like to do is uh, make sure that we have a, a county government that has outward-facing rules for people so you can go on their website and, and know what, are, what the rules are prior to going to the county because I do think it's an individual or a business owner's responsibility to know the law, not county staff or county you know, commissioners. But on the other hand, I don't want things to be so vague that they can be cited uh, issue by issue and people have to hire consultants, architects, you know, uh, attorneys to do what you have to, uh, to build things and to live here. Related to my own business, uh, for, I mean, this might be off subject, but for seven years, the county unlawfully interfered with my business. And because of that, I was able to demonstrate that I have knowledge of um, zoning, land use, and shoreline rules that I can use in other instances. And I am also have demonstrated that I'm willing to stand up to people who um, want to use the county in, in unlawful activities. And uh, I will make sure that uh, what happened to my business and how it affected everyone associated with me and my business will not happen to anybody else in Pacific County. With fiscal uncertainty a given due to the pandemic, how will yeah. you... How will your experience come into play in, in managing the, the budget? My, my experience will be invaluable because my fiscal experience is, you know, nearly 40 years in the private, private sector, where if you fail in fiscal management, you don't get to continue. And that's different from, um, you know, most government activities where you can always raise taxes or get... Uh, <laughs> get bailed out if, if you have malfeasance and waste, waste county money. Uh, a planning document, I mean, you know, budget is a planning document. We are in such uncertain times. The expectations that we would normally have have all gone out the window. And um, I think we're going to need people that are very aware and, and good with budgets and good at working with variable budgets to adjust to the um, changing revenue streams and changing costs associated with uh, life during the pandemic. With tourism a major economic driver in the county, particularly on the peninsula, what should the county's role be in supporting and regulating tourist-oriented businesses like uh, restaurants and vacation rentals? The, the should is a big question. You know, the um, I'm running to be a pragmatic county commissioner, and pragmatically, 
the county is basically uh, following the directions of what it's getting from, you know, uh, Olympia, from Washington State government. And um, I think the role of the county government is, first of all, to make sure we have citizen involvement and have the business owners that are being affected by the decisions made by the county involved and try to balance out public safety and survival of businesses. The absolute safest thing for everybody to do is to do nothing and stay at home. Uh, businesses will fail if they're not open. So I, I would like to see business participation and coming up with plans where we have business, but we protect the employees of businesses and the customers of businesses and the community at large. As a body, do you feel that the commission is works with one another effectively? And how would you change or improve the way commissioners work together? The way I would improve it would be to be more open-minded than my opponent. It might be a choice between somebody that knows everything and a person who assumes that he knows nothing. Where I, I believe in not holding on to one belief prior to, um, you know, assessing the situation and making the best decisions you can on best available science, best available legal decisions, and community input. I haven't participated in the uh, county commission meetings, and especially not as a commissioner, but I, I, I think that if I was elected, there'd be a lot less uh, arrogance. And I think that would work well for the uh, the other commissioners to work with somebody who treats them with respect and wants to find a solution that serves the entire city, not just a few people, and you know considers the, the desires of, of commissioners that live in other parts of the county. Right now, I want to thank our listeners for putting up with a challenging phone connection, and thank you for bearing with us. Being mindful of time, I'd like to circle back to citizen involvement. Since the onset of the pandemic, public access to online commission meetings has improved. And would you be in favor of making online participation in these meetings uh, permanent? I'm I'm a big advocate of that. And like everything uh, government, it's easy to have lofty goals, but then you have to have practical funding and practical application, but it would be great to have all meetings, even if go back to having in-person meetings, have people be able to participate by Zoom. I'd also like to see more evening meetings so that work people could uh, get involved if they wished. And is there anything else that you'd like to add? Just that I want to get elected to make things better for everybody in the community. I'm not somebody that says, I'm going to do that for you. What I want to do is give people more access to the county government and not have the decisions made by just a few people where you know, the, the decisions come from Olympia, the South Bend, and then go are imposed on the public. I'd like to do what I can to uh, reverse that flow of uh, decision making. All right, Dan Driscoll, thank you very much.
for talking with Kim. Well, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, Kathleen. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to KMUN's Pacific County Candidates Hour. This evening, we heard from candidates for Pacific County Public Utility District Number 2, incumbent Mike Swanson and challenger Pam Hickey. Also, from candidates for the Board of Pacific County Commissioners for District 1, incumbent Lisa Olson and challenger Daryl Mudry. Then District 2, incumbent Frank Wolf and his challenger Dan Driscoll. Thanks to the candidates for giving their time for these interviews. If you missed any part of the hour, you can download a podcast from our website, coastradio.org. Click on Election Coverage 2020. While you're there, you can also find links to other candidate forums and interviews from the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Kathleen Morgan. Thank you for listening and good night. <music>